Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Money for Everyone. Today, we're going to be talking about a very interesting and controversial topic, flex culture, otherwise known as hustle culture. And we are really going to get into it here in our own experiences with flex culture and what we see on Instagram, what we see on social media, and really the implications and kind of the consequences of seeing these things and feeling negatively about it. But uh, yeah, let's get into it. Megan, I I know that there's a proper definition of what we call flex culture, um, but we all have different perspectives and different experiences. So Megan, if you wanted to provide the listeners a little bit of context around flex culture. Yeah, flex culture more by definition when I looked it up was talking more about people purchasing and showing off more expensive goods. That's more of the traditional definition. So things like, you know, people purchasing expensive purses, shoes, or cars, or homes and showing that off, flexing that. Um, But in addition to material things, it can also be showing off your lifestyle. Maybe, you know, showing off that you travel all the time and stay at these nice hotels and or fly first class or or emirates that's a big one too that people <laughs> show off and and flex culture can also be flexing and showing off potentially your family or your relationships or trying to be like look at how great my relationship is or my marriage or i have this beautiful family with kids that can also be flex culture but i think people generally think of the more material things and that may negatively impact people potentially a bit more. Yeah. And I think, I mean, my own experience, I mean, even going back to when I was a kid and I was fascinated with show MTV Cribs. Oh yeah. Always seeing (laughs) these famous rappers and they would go through, they're like 20 different rooms and their theaters. Like, I think it's something that our generation, it's kind of baked into what we watched as a kid and rap being such a big category of music and especially when VH1 and MTV was all about actually music videos instead of reality (laughs) TV shows like the Jersey Shore and Love is Blind and things like that. Um, Just being fascinated with luxurious lifestyles, right? And just the reality of it is that only like 1% actually deserves and actually lives that type of lifestyle. And what I see a lot on social media now too is not only people flexing, um, but using it as a means to bolster their egos, right? And there's a couple different individuals that that I know in business that, that do just that. They post about their Lamborghinis, they post about their their stock strategy. And what I find the most annoying and difficult to really wrap my head around is this whole idea of hustle culture Mm. and like flex culture hustle culture is kind of one and the same it's like a chicken and an egg type of situation yeah which came Um, first (laughs) yeah exactly it's like if you hustle as much as i do if you work 80 hours you can achieve um, and you can afford this this Lamborghini that I just bought or stay at the nicest hotels or travel the world. And there's just so much information and expectation about what your life should be like. It really causes a lot of our society to be very, very negative towards themselves and the possessions that they have. And I've experienced it too, right? Like 
I'm in business, I'm in sales, I'm constantly surrounded by LinkedIn articles and mm-hmm. influencers that are constantly pushing newer um, methodologies to sales and the grind and the grind oh. doesn't stop. Like I literally in my office, Megan, I have a like three different black signs that say grind, hustle and execution. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Be- yeah, because it, it it's like a reminder for me to stay the course when I'm yeah. feeling a little bit unmotivated. But mm-hmm. I have to understand that I bought those things because I saw my peer group buy those things because my peer group, the people that I work with, follow these influencers and follow that type of type of lifestyle and culture. And that's that's really what it boils down to is it causes me to feel negatively about my productivity on a day to day basis. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I, what are your thoughts around that? I mean, have you experienced that yourself or what do you see in terms of flex culture? Oh, absolutely. I think everybody struggles with that now with comparing yourself to other people. Um, There's a quote that I love. I can't remember exactly how it goes, but something that I'm working on, it's confidence isn't thinking you're better than everyone in the room. It's not comparing yourself to everybody in the room. That's confidence. And I'm I've gotten so much better at that. I think I was absolutely terrible in high school, I want to (laughs) say. But that's something that I think everyone should strive for is just stop the comparison. But for our generation, it's, it's even harder than past generations. It's more, it's the most prevalent, I would say in like Gen Z and maybe younger millennials is absolutely where it's most prevalent. And that's because of mainly social media. And like you said, we grew up with it watching MTV Cribs and maybe other shows like that. And so the generations before, let's say it's like the 1940s, If you were middle class, you hung out with people who were middle class, you just saw kind of middle class lifestyle. You didn't really, you weren't having social media posts shoved down your throat of multiple millionaires on your feed showing off their fancy cars and their houses and stuff. And maybe in the 1940s or 50s, you knew those higher class people existed, or maybe you went to school with people who had a bit more money than you, but it wasn't, it's not as in your face all day constant as it is now or as it can be. So for Generation Z, we're scrolling and seeing, I, I don't know, but my, my feed personally is mostly millionaires. I'm not going to lie. They're all influencers and stuff. Well, they seem, again, we'll get into this too. That's the trick. Are right. they actually rich or do they just look rich? So are they just really recklessly spending all of their money on clothes, fancy car, How much do they, you know, obviously we don't know for sure if they're, maybe they are really smart with their investing and their saving, or they might just have a high income, or they could be just going into a ton of debt. We don't know. We see, you see the negative um, of what people's net worth is. So you see what people spend visually. So rather than, we don't get to see what they save, what they invest. We see what they spend. So... I think that's fascinating and um, I would love to go into that part more, but a couple other things I want to touch on are also these posts and then people on social media. I'm personally very for the environment and it's something that I've been talking about a lot in my, or working on a lot in my private life and talking about with friends and family, social media, and then having these influencers and these advertisements constantly being shown to you and having influencers promoting products all the time for stuff that you don't need. I think 
social media and flex culture more in particular, it really promotes hyper consumption, consuming more than you need to consume, buying things that are wants, not needs. And that in turn obviously has a very negative effect on the planet. I mean, people always buy stuff that they don't need. And then here's the options of what happens with that then. It either sits in your house and creates clutter. (laughs) You either need to sell or donate it, or it goes in the trash. So those are your options for if you buy stuff that you don't need and end up not really using, which is the majority of purchases people make. And I really think consumerism and hyper-consumerism is very popular right now and very promoted on social media and fast fashion and fast home decor. I always see people buying new home decor and redecorating their house and stuff. And people aren't thinking about the long-term or thinking about what it took to make that product beforehand to get it to you, all of the resources that had to be mined or the resources that need to be grew and the energy and the time it took. And then some, and then thinking about also, of course, then what's going to happen to it after you're done using it, you know? So I know that's going a bit on a tangent more about the environment (laughs) there, but I think flex culture ties into that and can lead into that hyper-consumerism. Yeah, exactly. And I, a couple of things stemming from what you just said, Megan, and I think, I think it's different for men and women. That's where I see a little bit of a difference. And I think the traditional, if you think of like the American lifestyle going back to the forties, everybody came back from the war. Everybody had their GI bill. The American dream was to buy a piece of property, to buy a house and have a beautiful wife that makes you dinner and decorates the house. And I I still think part of that culture is embedded. And I think we're breaking through and starting to create more gender neutral norms, if that makes sense. But I see two different um, two different means of flex culture when it comes to guys and girls. Mm-hmm. Girls, I see this all the time. And you were saying the decor and you're saying always designing new things. I mean, I see people's Instagrams of people that I know that are married that will go out and design a new coffee section of their house or remodel their entire kitchen. And that, yep. by all means, you should be proud of that. You should yeah. be proud if you have the funds and you do a remodel. But when you're constantly trying to act like HGTV, right? Yeah. When you're trying to be like, uh, I don't know, there's this show, I forget what it's called, but it's these, this couple that goes around oh. and redecorates um, people's houses. I don't know. It's like makeover. It's, it's not extreme makeover, no, but it's dream I think home you know what I'm makeover. talking about. I think it's dream home makeover or something like that. I don't know. Yep. I there's I there's a there's quite a few couples that go around and redo yep. <laughs> home decor yep. and interior design. Yeah, but I see a lot of posts of people and it almost looks like picture perfect where they have like the coffee, they have the plants, they have all the coffee cup, like and all this stuff. And it looks so perfect, right? It looks so eloquent. And you're like, wow, this person really has their shit together. And they could be crumbling in the background. But two, when you go back to influencers, it's like, what is the difference between reality and fiction? Yeah. Right. The lines and are blurred right a now. Person, yeah, and there's a person called Dan Bilzerian. Don't know if you've ever heard of him, Megan, but he is a famous Instagram influencer that I think he was one of the firsts. I would call him the king of flex culture. This guy, <laughs> his whole Instagram was flooded with parties, 
beautiful women in mansions. Hmm. And I remember watching a YouTube video about him going broke, right? Because it was all <laughs> fake. And I think he was part of a Ponzi scheme eventually. But like that lifestyle, first of all, it's not sustainable. Yes. Second of all, it's not realistic. And third yes. of all, it does not lead to a happy lifestyle. Yes. I mean, they've done, <laughs> they've done studies. The longest research social psychology study in the world was conducted by Harvard and they followed 50 people over the course of 50 years and they wanted to study what makes you truly happy. Mm -hmm. And there is one commonality of things that make you truly happy that's meaningful on relationships that is the one thing that will provide you with enough happiness to sustain a happy lifestyle it's not the culture of flexing and being able to experience what a lamborghini feels like or staying in a fancy mansion because those things we all know are hollow they lead to debt they lead to financial ruin and honestly people view and treat you differently when you add money into the equation yeah I think if someone truly has a, like maybe a deep passion for cars and they've always wanted this one type of car and they get a lot of joy and fulfillment out of having that vehicle, like go ahead. But again, it's like you really need to figure out what's I've, I think we've, I've touched on this before in episodes, but figuring out what really, truly deeply and be really honest with yourself. Am I mm -hmm. doing this for other people or am I doing this for myself? Base make define success for yourself. I think a good way to test that is if you're maybe buying a car, okay, that's maybe more expensive. Ask yourself if nobody, if I could never have, if pretend the car, you can see how the car looks and feel how the car is, but pretend it's invisible to everybody else. Nobody can see it and you can't tell anybody about it and you can't post it on your social media. Would you still buy that car if nobody could see it and you yep. couldn't post it and couldn't show anyone? If the answer is no, I wouldn't, then you should probably get a different car and you're not getting it for the right reasons and you're not getting it because it, you really enjoy it. You're getting it so that other people will think you're cool or think you're better or think you're rich or whatever, which just, it, it that isn't true. I think it's like, it's wild. It's yeah, money and possessions and stuff like that don't bring you deep, satisfying fulfillment. They just yep. don't and they can't. And people build it up so big. And it's constantly shoved down our throat, though, that it that, that is it. It's wild. And there's so much pressure to be like Pinterest perfect too. This is more, I think, slightly more for women, you know, like needing it, needing your house to look perfect and your closet to be perfectly organized and or for if you have kids like oh i need to make those cute snacks for them or whatever like there's so much pressure and it's just not realistic the orange slice the orange slices yeah or the yeah there's there's a lot of stuff there's so much you could go into there um and i and think another thing i want to add quick is you don't need to show everything you don't need to show on social media every concert you go to every trip you take because it's like are you showing it for you, like, I don't know. I've absolutely been guilty of that. And I've realized for my whole life, I always share the highlights of my life on social media and always share every trip I take and every like concert I go to. But I think I'm going to be done with that. I really am because I'm like, there's no point. 
it's probably just making someone else feel bad that they missed out on that or whatever, or compare themselves Mm -hmm. or something. And I'm like, this is me personally. Okay. No shame. If you do that. I mean, there's people who are influencers who make their money and make their living off of sharing that stuff. I'm like, if that's your livelihood and you making your money, you go ahead. But personally for me, I'm kind of over it and I'm probably going to keep my life a lot more private than I have ever before. So hustle and private. That's what I always believe in. And it's tough to do that too, because it's so convenient and it's so tempting. But um, I want to share something that I learned two or three years ago, and it's really stuck with me. And it's one of my favorite thought leaders of today. His name's Simon Sinek, has the third most watched TED Talk in the world. It's called Start With Why. He's written like four or five books at this point. Really phenomenal orator, very phenomenal uh, thought leader in the leadership world. Um, but he gives a talk around leadership and the chemicals that affect leadership and solidarity and cooperation because he's a leadership, um, thought leader at the end of the day, and he's worked with Microsoft, Apple, and he explains the four chemicals that control happiness in the brain, right? Oxytocin, endorphins, serotonin, and forget the other one. Dopamine is the other big one. Serotonin and dopamine, you can't, you can get alone, I believe. Oxytocin and endorphins, you can't. But the thing is, when it comes to hustle culture, you can trick these chemicals to being produced, particularly serotonin. Particularly serotonin when you buy something like, how good do you feel if you buy a pair of Gucci shoes? Like, how good does that feel if you walk around with your Gucci shoes? You feel like, or a Gucci belt. You just feel like the king of the world. You're flexing. You, you 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 feel like you're higher status than you really are. It's because you're tricking serotonin in your brain, and you get a short-term high because of it. But it does not lead to long-term happiness. It's a very short burst. It's like sugar in terms of the energy levels versus eating carbs, right? Or protein. So you can tr- or protein, yeah, for more longer-term energy, right? And it's the serotonin that you're really tricking. And that's why it's so important to to know that instead of going towards this lifestyle that you might end up in debt because you're chasing and you're trying to satisfy what society is telling you to do. Like, and that I just think I've learned a lot of lessons in the last two to three years, especially being a business student and going through sales and, you know, working different sales jobs and seeing other people's lifestyles. And I want, I really want to share a story of someone that I met um, that I'm still very personally connected to. And I think it's going to bring all of this into a close, right? I, I think it's going to really. Um, tell the story about how society can affect you and the ways to to really get out of it and feel really feel a lot happier in your day to day life. Um, let me introduce you to somebody. So I was taking a trip to Germany for um, after college for a sales competition um, over in Gießen, Germany, and I met this German student by the name of Isabel. And Isabel was a very talented young professional. Um, She worked at the Doc Stock Exchange in Frankfurt, Germany, and she was kind of in charge of their sales program. So she was the one that guided us through a lot of the activities and translated for us, and she took it upon herself. She is what you would call a hustler. 
if if that makes sense. She was a grinder, right? She works really, really hard. On one particular day during this trip, I ended up losing my wallet on top of a castle in Germany that we were visiting called Marburg Castle. And we ended up, and I noticed it once we got back from the train station and Isabel was nice enough to walk me back up the castle and come down. Um, we decided to stay in the town and we got drinks and I started talking to her and I could, un- I could just see in her face she was so stressed. She was so stressed out about performing in the sales competition and I just wanted to learn her perspective because what I knew of the German work ethic was it was far more relaxed than it is here in the US where you are pressured to work 60 hours or like, what the fuck are you doing? This person felt the same pressure as us in America. She was working at the German stock exchange, being treated like crap, not feeling like she was achieving enough. She was stressed about being this perfect student and performing well in the sales competition. And I could just tell by listening to her that there was just so much going on in her life. Well, fast forward two years from now, she is working at Salesforce, which is one of the top tech companies in the world right now. she is working in sales and what she told me about her transformation from the time that we spoke two years ago in 2019 to now is that she stopped doing what society told her to do and what she does now is she travels a lot and she barely posts i don't even know when she's traveling because she barely posts about it she'll take breaks from social media she'll go out on hikes right? Work-life balance has been integrated into her life or it hasn't been before. And she has told me, Eric, it really, really changed my life. Once I started to break away from society's expectations of myself, that's when I started to feel better. That's when I started to feel more self-actualized. And I started to go out in nature and just be present in the moment and not care about personal, you know, personal um, material items or what society thinks that we should be doing as 23, 24, 25 year olds. I just thought that was such a cool story. She's now 27, a little bit more mature. And I think it really resonated with me and all of this hustle culture that we see is that like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You only care about yourself and people don't really care about you. People care about themselves at the end of the day. There might You might have friends that, that have your back, right? Um, but at the end of the day, you got to take care of yourself. Exactly. I think I relate really hard to that story. I think I've done gone on a very similar journey that she has. I was definitely two years ago, a little slightly over two years ago now, very much so hardcore overloading myself um, with, I was working full-time at the bank and then I was working part-time as a delivery driver and I was volunteering and I was working on buying a house and I was planning a wedding and um, <laughs> oh, school full-time too, I think. I don't know if I said that, but then I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to stop trying to do everything all at once and I think you need to assess, prioritize first prioritize, figure out what's most important. And then you got to set those boundaries. It sounds like she probably got to where she is because she set some healthy boundaries, maybe with her employer, like, nope, after five o'clock, you cannot reach me. You cannot talk, you know, you can't expect me to do work. I think you need to reset. Maybe there's to the listener. Maybe if there's somebody 
in your life, even if it's your boss or whatever, that you maybe need to reset some expectations with them. That may mean stop answering your emails after 5 p.m. Stop checking your work phone after that time. Just say, you know, after this time, I'm unavailable. I will happily help you tomorrow morning at nine. I will be back in and check and get back to you. That's what you need to do. And I think, too, people focus so hard on the work of it. But in order to be a productive person, you need to also be healthy and a Mm -hmm. part of being able to hustle and being able to be productive is getting about eight hours of sleep, making sure you're eating well, making sure you're getting outside time, making sure you're spending time with friends and family. You should be prioritizing those things because if you're not getting enough sleep, you're not eating well, you're not spending time with those who matter most because you're putting your work above all of that, that's going to come crashing down (laughs) on you eventually. I've seen it. I've seen burnout happen in real time, I've experienced burnout plenty of times. And I can tell you sleep is the most important thing. Sleep regulates your mood. Mm-hmm. If you don't sleep, you have a crap day, feel negative about your productivity. It's a vicious cycle. Really Focus is. on sleep is the most important thing above anything else. And then healthy eating habits, get outside. And honestly, you're going to see such an improvement in your mental health. Mm-hmm. And I think that will snowball into just having work-life balance more integrated into your life. And that's what I truly believe. Yeah. You know, when I was young, Megan, I always wanted to be a millionaire. Like mm-hmm. that's, I always wanted to, I always saw myself. As a millionaire, I saw myself living in a large house, acquiring a lot. And now Mm -hmm. I'm just 24 years old, going to be 25 soon. And I'm like, I don't really want that lifestyle. That's not worth it. I think I decided that a few years ago. But it's funny when my boss sat me down when I joined Gartner, she was like, oh, do you want to be a CEO one day? And I'm like, no, I just want to make a generous living and be a really good dad and be a really good husband. I mean, that's it's really what my life goal is all about because I know at the end of the day, I could be hustling as much as I wanted to and mm-hmm. I could be promoting this on social media and I could try to be an influencer. I think everybody has thought about what it would be like to be an influencer and you know, it's like, oh man, I wish I could be like Gary Vaynerchuk or I wish I could be <laughs> like a Ty Lopez and drive around and hustle, hustle, hustle. Well, those guys aren't freaking happy. They're entrapped by their lifestyle. They're trapped by it. Yeah probably not very happy at the end of the day they probably don't have good morals right because money changes people money changes the way that people interact with you you don't know if they're if you have really good friends because they might just be your friend because you have a lot of money and you have a lot of influence and power yeah right so you really have to diagnose what you want for yourself and i think i decided that like two years ago and it's it's brought a lot of clarity in the direction of my life really has brought a lot of tranquility to know that I don't need to make a ton of money, you know, to be happy. Mm -hmm. You know, I just want to find a career and find something that I truly, truly love to do and then have the time to really go out and experience your life. Because at the end of the day, you are, you are who's going to make you happy. And if you're constantly grinding, if you're constantly trying to fulfill somebody else's dream or somebody else's um, interpretation of what success looks like, you're going to get burned out and burning out is, is something that I would early recommend avoiding because it's, it's tough and it's not worth it at the end of the day. Yeah. I think the key is to 
basing your life off of core principles rather than centering your life around you can be it's this is part of a book I've been reading it's a, a classic seven habits of highly effective people so this is me taking a little piece of out of the book I've been reading but he talks about the importance of centering centering your life on principles otherwise your options for how you can center your life are some people are spouse centered some people are money-centered, some people are self-centered, some are work-centered, and there was a couple other ones I can't quite remember. But there's issues with each of those things when you center it. If you center your life around your spouse, there's issues that can come up there. Then your mood is based on your spouse's mood, or you make decisions based upon what will please your spouse most, and you can't do that. You need to follow a set of core principles that you truly and deeply believe in, and then if you have a spouse or a family, you need to have principles that you share with them as well. Maybe have a family principle list or it's kind of like guidelines for decisions and directions in life rather than being like, oh, how do I feel today? And I'm going to go with whatever whim. It's like, no, okay, you believe. Like, for example, for me, maybe my one of my core principles is living a environmentally sustainable life, trying to make the most sustainable choices I personally can. So if maybe I want to impulse buy something target, I'm like, you know, I want this book. I'm like, wait, or can I get it secondhand so I'm not creating more demand and not take up more resources? So basing that choice off of principles. And I, I know you said earlier too, when you were talking about the importance of sleep, I think another thing too is making sure you're not sleeping too much. I think on the other, on the flip side of, sleeping too little. I know me, I always thought, oh, I function better on like 10 hours of sleep. I thought, I thought I was just a long sleeper, but now I notice I function way better when I get like seven and a half. If I just make myself get up, it's hard. It's hard to make yourself get out of bed sometimes. But my husband realized that too for himself. So we've been waking up early and like going outside right away before it gets too hot now that it's summertime. And so I recommend that as well. And, um, with the influencers, I know personally for me, I can't handle the hate that comes with that. And I think that really deeply can wear on people a lot of what they put up with and have to deal with. I think it seems like rainbows and sunshine, like, oh, they get to work for themselves and make all this money. And I'm like, yeah, those are bonuses. And But there's a lot else that comes to it. And I don't think anybody, just anybody can do it and would be happy with that position. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, as we close out this episode, I think the the, the moral of the story is, is just honestly understand what you truly want out of life and understand what makes you happy. And if that's avoiding social media, if that's, mm-hmm. you know, if that's going on a walk, getting up early and, and to your point, Megan, too, it, it's something special about um, having discipline and responsibility and, and waking up early, even before the sun comes out. Because you might think you're going to be groggy during the day, um, but it's a very natural way for your circadian rhythm to to really connect with nature, and it makes you more productive and happy. And, and I think all those things you won't have to rely on the instant gratification of social media, and you won't have to rely on constantly being on your phone. I think if you can go out and find something you truly enjoy that's outside of a screen. I think that will really help everybody listening to kind of take a step back and understand that hustle culture and flex culture isn't reality, that it really is all a stage. Like Shakespeare said, life's all a stage and it's no different than the movies. It's no different than 
than fiction. And most of the time, these people are trying to sell you something and do it for their own personal gain. And those people, I would rather be happy living my own life the way that I want to versus being really sad, trying to justify living somebody else's interpretation of what a successful life looks like. Exactly. I love that. And that's why I follow the fire community, fire community, which is financial independence, retire early, because they're all about simple living. And when you hit like having a million dollars, they just stop working and just kind of live a simple life. And I love that personally for me and same with, um, eco minimalism. So being a minimalist combined with environmental sustainability that was coined by, um, Shelby or Shelbisley on uh, YouTube. And so I like her a lot and I think that's a good way to live your life. But obviously if you don't want to do that, you don't have to, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yep. Well, we're, we're curious to hear what our listeners have to say about flex culture. Feel free to uh, either comment on our next Instagram post or reach out to our email money for everyone podcast at gmail.com or money for everyone 2021 on Instagram. We're interested to hear your own experiences with flex culture, what you see and you know, really how you've been able to navigate it or just your personal experience with the negativity around it. I, I think it'd be interesting for us to, to answer some questions in the future. Our next episode will probably be our last episode for season one. Just wanted to let the listeners know that it'll be episode 10. We are thinking that we'll probably start up again in late August, early September is when we're thinking we'll start season two. And next episode, we're going to summarize season one, pretty much. We're going to go over each of the episodes really quick and just summarize the season and talk about it a bit. With that, we'll close it out here. So always remember to feel love and gratitude for yourself, others, and even your money.